welcome to the fourth episode of, I forgot the name for a second, <laughs> uh, Void with Betsua on Spotify. It's not on Apple Music or iTunes or whatever it is, podcast, the Apple thing. I don't, I don't use that. I don't like it. I like Spotify, so it's on Spotify. And I'm making this episode um, largely because of a comment I received on Instagram. I've gotten some positive feedback in general for the episodes, but um, a couple days ago, I was committing to, um, how do I want to say this? It's like a way of, I'm constantly in relationship with reality. Um, It's very much how I live my life. I, I talk about it to my mother because she's very um, uh, Bible-based, I want to say. She's not religious, but she is Bible-based is the best way I can put it. Um, and so I, I talk to her uh, in biblical terms. So like I tell her that I'm, you know, always talking to God every day, you know, like um, in the Bible, it talks about how Jesus left and he was like, I'm leaving because if I stay, it's just too easy for you, basically. And I'm just going to leave you the Holy Spirit and you can figure it out on your own. I believe in you. Um, so I tell my mom and I'm just like, you know, like I talk to the Holy Spirit every day. Um, but if I'm at my most um, authentic, like the most authentic language languaging for me would be to say that I am in constant um, communication with reality. To me, reality is a feedback loop. So I follow on one of my Instagram accounts. I like to keep things compartmentalized depending on what I want, what energy I want to tap into. Um, So on one of my Instagram accounts, I follow this uh, woman. I've probably mentioned her before on this podcast. I'm not sure. Uh, P the fairy. And she talks about, she has this concept about reality being a holographic a holograph, a hologram, hologram, yes, a hologram, and so she talks about holographic reality, and I, when I was in high school, I read this book called Godel Escherbach by this dope uh, scientist named um, Dr. Hofstadter, and he wrote GED, Godel Escherbach, And he also wrote another, like, he was like, nobody understood the book. People were writing summaries about it. He was like, no, that's not what it was about. And so he wrote wrote another book um, called I Am a Strange Loop, I believe is the name. And that, like, summarized what he was trying to communicate in Go to Lesher Buck. And so basically um, what I got from it, um, you know, apparently it is so complex, the book, And so nuanced are his ideas that it's quite open to interpretation given by all the different interpretations that have been offered up. But what I got from it was that basically what a human being is, is self-referential consciousness. Like that's like, I'm not certain about anything really in reality, but that is one thing that so far um, is a, it's so far a belief that has not been shattered. Um, I will talk about shattering of beliefs maybe in another episode because that's a fun thing that I enjoy. But anyway, that's like a pretty solid belief in my um, belief system and therefore reality, how I experience it. I 100% believe, here's another one, 
that because it like it stems from the I guess it would be the axiom you know in philosophy you have like the base and then you build up other things on top of it like um, Descartes in his meditations he was like oh my god I've read all this philosophy I don't really know what I believe anymore let me start with the basics I think therefore I am okay I can trust that and then he built on that Um, for me I would say I am therefore I am but anyway um, different strokes for different folks Um, and so like for me like the the base block upon which I build my life is that I am self-referential consciousness is one way of putting it. I am, therefore I am, is another way of putting it. Um, but from that stems the fact that everything in reality to me is a mirror. Um, I have literally experienced so many wild, like, you know, people experience synchronicities. That's dope. I love synchronicities. But I have experienced some, like, reality-bending um miracles magic and miracles as a way to put it um but for me I kind of think about like when you're looking at a funhouse mirror and like imagine if you could touch that mirror and then it like became like silver and it rippled you know so to me reality is that mirror um it is kind of like a funhouse mirror uh, I don't know about how distorted it is. It, it is distorted because otherwise you would literally just be seeing yourself everywhere. And that's not the point. Like the point to me is that it's supposed to be like an immersive experience, um, reality. And regardless, it is a mirror. And I think that a very um, uh, high level, not super metaphysical way of talking about that would be that um, who was it that wrote, I, you perceive the world not as it is, but as you are, you know? And so um, I was kind of talking about this with a guy that I was texting and I was like, he was like, oh, is it like confirmation bias? And it kind of is, but it's also not. <laughs> um, so it's like, um, that that's like a psychological, like in psychology, a way to think about it. Like, oh, you um, perceive people not as what they are in and of themselves or as they know themselves to be, but as you believe them to be, um, you know, because everyone is like super complex, you know, in this in this um, specific like psychology um, lens. It's like everyone is super complex and everyone's like both good and they're bad. But that girl did you wrong. And so you're like, oh, she's a bitch. And like, is she really a bitch? She's a human being who is complex and has the capacity to be kind definitely hurts, you know, has dreams, uh, loves somebody, uh, whatever. So you're reducing her to that because that's how you perceive her, not because that's how she is. So, you know, that's like a very, um, I was going to say like in the world way of looking at it, but then when you get like metaphysical, it becomes like wider than that. And it becomes like, oh, because you believe certain things, Therefore, reality, um, you can perceive that in reality. And one of my favorite like ways of um, anchoring that understanding in is thinking about how there are tribes who have like so many words for snow, you know, because they know snow and they understand it in a way that I don't. You know, I grew up in California and then I went to college in Wisconsin and I saw snow and 
yeah, I was like, snow, you know, like, I know different kinds of snow, like, in the spring, it gets a certain way, and the textures, and, like, under certain lights, and, like, whatever, but there are people who have, like, an intimate relationship with snow, right, and so they know, and they perceive more about it. Also, um, I read somewhere, I'm not sure where, but I read about how when, um, the all those conquistadors were going into um what we now call america and you know like the native people would see these big clouds coming toward them or they would see nothing at all like literally they did not have the concept of like a big ship like the ones that came um to this land they did not have a concept of that in their minds so they could not perceive it like quite literally they could not that that was coming toward them because there was no concept in their mind allowing them to um, perceive it allowing them to form they had no beliefs about that and so they couldn't even perceive it and then I know in my own experience that what oh and then this guy that I was talking to asked me a really cool question and he was like so what happens if you don't believe anything at all and I said, I think that's enlightenment, but that was kind of a cheeky response. Because, like, if you don't believe anything at all, you literally don't, you can't be. Like, you, like being itself is a belief. Like, the fact that you are is a belief. Um, and we can talk about, <laughs> that can get really complex. Oh, man, where was I actually going with this? Um, self-referential identity, self-referential, the identity um, is self-referential consciousness. And um, anyway, someone was like, oh, I binged your episodes, like the three episodes, I would like to see another one. Oh, that's right, because I was playing with this new way of interacting with reality where I was like, um, I'm only going to do things. I'm only going to put my energy into things that I respond to. So um, back in 2017, I was going through it. Um, that's the way that I like to think about it. I was just going through it. I've talked to energy healers and um, shamans and people who have been like, girl, you were going through an awakening. That was a fucking awakening. And I'm just like, okay. Someone else that I talked to was like, that's an initiation. Like, you went through a big initiation. Actually, she was talking about 2019. But anyway, I just, I just, again, like, I don't like to attach a lot of things or labels to things. Um, I can do it temporarily as a thought experiment. But for me, I'm just like, I was going through shit. Like, that's how I experienced it. I was going through shit. Maybe in a year from now, I'll be like, yeah, no, uh, that was an awakening. And I want to own that. Um, maybe, but I feel like awakening, it just makes it sound like it's this one time where a thing happened. And I'm just like, I was born, like when I was four years old, I did energy healing on my mother. And that was like so normal for me. And I've just, again, like I've experienced so much of what people would call like miracles and magic that I'm just like, I don't know if there was a moment when I was awakening, maybe it was like, I was, I, I would say I was definitely widening my scope of perception. That's a way I would agree with that. Um, but anyway, 2017, I was um, going through it and I was like lost. I mentioned before on a, a podcast episode, I think that I was very much a material reductionist at that point. Um, so 
it's it's really interesting because I'm I'm like seeing in my mind like the loop, the feedback loop that I'm talking about, um, which is consciousness and how in my experience, like the loop at times, like I go back to material to like more density, I would say. And then I go into like more um, lightness. Um, and by density, I mean reducing my experience as a human being to the material. And then in lightness, I, I mean um, holding so lightly to the dense material, like to reality that it allows itself to, that I allow it to fluctuate, whatever. It allows itself, I allow myself. It's kind of like when you're there at that lightness, for me at least, it's like uh, the lines blur between like what is me and what isn't me. Um, and so anyway, I was like moving from that space of uh, everything is just matter, meditation is bullshit, I don't understand why all these people are being so hippy-dippy about everything to, okay, um, I'm having a really hard time existing in the world. I am feeling other people's energy, even though I don't believe that energy is a thing. I am feeling it, and I need some fucking coping mechanisms. I need help because this is getting to be too much. So that was 2017 for me. And because I believed that I needed help, and I believed that I needed specifically a system because my mind at that time, I still enjoy systems, but at that time, like I needed systems. Like I could not, it was like the belief thing, right? Like I could not see past a system. If something was not inside of a system, I was like, that's bullshit. It doesn't make sense. And so basically I called into my experience a system. Um, we could talk about attraction the law of attraction. I don't really fuck with the law of attraction. To me, it's just like, again, it's a fucking mirror. Anyway, okay. Anyway, we can talk about that some other time, perhaps, maybe. Um, by the way, if anyone has like questions or they're like, hey, I want you to talk more about this, or you mentioned this and I didn't really get it, what's going on in your head? Um, or like your perspective on this, if that is of any importance to you. Then you can go to my website. I have a question and answer section now where I take your questions and then I answer them either on this podcast or um, on my blog. Oh, my blog. I have like all of these drafts that I don't want to publish yet for some reason, but it's okay. It's okay. Um, because, again, I'm doing this thing with reality now where I'm responding um, so back to 2017, I called in a system. It was called human design. I've probably mentioned it here before. Um, I want to preface this by saying that I am not fanatical or dogmatic about any system whatsoever. Um, when I was a child, I read the Bible cover to cover twice, and I'm still not like, oh, you're going to go and burn in hell if you don't do something, right? Like, I I read the Bible, and then I read... Um, the Bhagavad Gita and the Tao Te Ching and I skimmed through the Tibetan Book of the Dead and you know like I, I went through I like to gather again widening my perspective is just how I like to function and so <laughs> um, I received the human design, design system into my life somehow I don't even remember how I found it but it came into my life and I did my chart because that's what you do like you do your human design chart 
And then it tells you all of these things about how you, as a specific um, person, as a specific amalgamation of energies, interacts with reality around you. And so I was like, okay, interesting. And then what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to live the experiment. And so, again, like what I like about human design is that it's not like this is correct. It's just like, here's some information. Go play around with it. See how it impacts your life. And that was like light enough a commitment for me to actually do it. And so I was like, okay. So it said that my strategy was to respond. And it said, which means as opposed to like initiating some types, some, it's like it categorizes you as an energy type, which is very Pokemon-y and fun to me, but um, Pokemon-y, weird. Okay, but like one of them is generator, right? So that's me. Another one is like manifesting generator. Another one is manifester. Another one is reflector. Another is projector. And so like projectors are supposed to wait for an invitation to do things, to like engage their energy. Um, and then... Uh, manifestors are meant to initiate things um, in that like if they if you live by your what is it called strategy then you attract the best opportunities or you create the best opportunities you are in the most aligned state right I don't like that word aligned but yeah and so for me it was like oh you have to wait to respond to things like let things show up in your reality and then you tune in to for me um my authority like your decision making mechanism is for me my sacral and so that means that i just feel a gut response as either a yes or a no to something and so um that was actually a super helpful experiment because at the time i was in a relationship that i didn't really want to be in um, I never really wanted to be in it. I tried breaking up with this guy like three weeks into seeing him. Um, and then we ended up dating for three years after I tried breaking up with him because he was like, I love you. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man, it was a really great experience. I have so much love for him. Um, but nevertheless, it wasn't something that I really wanted to do. And I'm, you know, I'm glad it happened. I don't like regretting things. That's like useless to me. Um but the point is that, like, I was doing something I didn't really want to be doing, um, and this actually really, really helped me get out of that. Um, and, like, we could talk – there's, like, you know, details about, like, the what was happening, happening energetically, which is funny because at the time I was like, energy, that's bullshit. But anyway, what was happening energetically is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, very interesting. But anyway – so, you know, that has proven to be a fun way for me to interact with reality um, and a helpful way for me to interact with reality. And I don't think that a system is needed. I don't think anybody needs to go out and read their human design chart. I don't need I don't think anybody needs to know their strategy and their authority and blah, blah, blah. Um, I absolutely believe that we as human beings are able to call in certain information at a time when we need that information. I believe that we are allowed to change our minds. We are allowed to evolve, um, not because not making that information inaccurate or wrong, but just like there is no judgment. You know, it's just like if you believe this at a certain time, dope. OK, totally fine. And if you believe this at another time also totally fine. That's how I perceive it. I know a lot of people 
um, don't like that because they're like, there's a right thing and there's a wrong thing. And I'm like, there's a right thing at a right time for a right person. But anyway, yeah. So um, I actually do believe that my favorite, um, I, my favorite way of interacting with reality is without any systems at all. Um, but when I feel like I'm kind of stuck or kind of in like I put it's so funny because I believe we create our own realities right like I believe that everything is mirroring to us our beliefs so that we can see do I want to change them do I want to change myself which is the same thing <laughs> uh, do I want to it's like um, a mirror around you and you're like do I like this this reality that I've created for myself what would I like to change about it what does it tell me about myself how does it make me feel um, you know, all of that stuff. And so, um, basically I've like created a reality for myself. I'm like, because of course I have, um, right now where I could use a system, like it's just helpful. Um, yeah, it's just a helpful thing for me right now. And so that is why I was like a couple or a few days ago, I was just like, okay, I'm going to go back and I'm going to adopt the system again, and I'm going to respond to things that come to me, and then I will know what to put my energy in. Because I've been kind of like foggy, um, usually in my life, I've been pretty, okay, I'm thinking about like college, I was not clear at all. But before college, I was like super clear on like what I needed to do, like my intuition was just like so strong wow, like, um, I've always been claircognizant, so I just knew stuff all the time, um, yeah, um, I used to have, like, prophetic dreams and, like, all this stuff, so, like, I just, like, knew stuff that was gonna happen and what I should be doing and what my choices were and, like, if this happened, if I did this, this would happen, if I did that, this would happen, like, in the future, you know, um, which sounds very cause and effect. Like if I tip over this domino, they will fall. Like, yes, but like if I wear this pair of shoes, this shit's going to go down today, which, you know, sounds kind of weird. But that is how I experienced reality as a kid. And um, yeah, when I was very clear and solid in myself. And so like lately, I have not been very clear and solid in myself. Um, I know exactly why. <laughs> But um, to like help myself to move into what I want to move into, I've decided um, to adopt the system again. And so in my Instagram comments, someone was like, hey, I've binged three of your ep the three episodes that you put out and I'm excited for more or I'm looking forward to more or something along those lines. And I felt really excited when I read that. And not like, again, I was like, okay. I committed earlier to being like, my gut is going to decide what I respond to, where I commit my energy. And so I was really excited by that. And I was like, I do want to make more podcast episodes. And I thought about several. I just didn't do it. Um, but it's fine because I've decided that I'm not doing things just because they're an idea in my head, but because I'm responding to something external to me that just feels easier. It's just like, it's like writing a rule book for yourself and then following it. Like, that's what a system is to me, where I'm just like, if I do this this way, good things will happen. Okay, and then I just go and do things that way. Is that necessary? No, not at all. But 
it, it's just, again, it's a game, um, which I don't mean to, uh, it's just like when you talk about reality being a game, I know that reality can be so painful and I know that it can feel so heavy and when someone is just like, it's a game and I'm having fun and like you're in a place where things are not fun and it feels out of your control, you're just like, fuck you, at least, you know, like, I've absolutely been there, where I was just like, these airy, fairy people, I am suffering, fuck all of y'all, and your little auric shielding meditations, and then I did them, and I was like, oh my god, I can breathe again, (laughs) so, anyway, um, yeah, so, I mean, what, what this episode's actually, this was a very long introduction, um, it was only an introduction, believe it or not, this whole episode was not about the fact that I'm doing these podcasts episodes again, because someone uh, said that they wanted me to, and I responded positively to that in my body, it's actually not about that, um, that's just the introduction, what is actually on the menu for today is how I became a software engineer. And this is something that I've wanted to share for a while. I tried writing a blog post about it, and then my computer just crashed. And I was like, fuck this. I can take a hint. But let's see if my phone crashes. Oh, my goodness. Okay, now I have battery. So if it crashes, then this is not meant to be. But if you're listening to it, then cool. Yep. All right. So, oh, man. Okay, so I've been, like, a hardcore mystic since like 2019 um maybe late 2018 no let's be real 2019 it was 2019 shit went down in my life in 2019 I have not really talked about it to anyone other than one person and that was the person who was like oh my gosh you went through this big initiation and she's also like a um It's weird for me to say timeline reader because I want to, like, it's not a, it's not a prophetic thing. Like, uh, like when I was born, my grandma was like, holy shit, she's a prophet. And then I had prophetic dreams and stuff. And like, that's one thing, you know, when you're like very clear at that age. And this, this woman is very clear as well, but I just don't want to make it seem like futures are ever fixed. Um, I don't believe in that at all. I think everything is like a suggestion. I think they are reading accurately, but there are many timelines to read from. And anyway, she read, you know, some stuff and she was like, you know, this is going to go down and da 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 da. And she gave me some advice, which is really sweet um, and helpful because uh, it's actually how I got into this um, apartment that I'm in now, um, partially because of the advice that she gave me. And Yeah, but um, anyway, hardcore, like, mystic since 2019, where, wow, like, a lot, I just just think back to that time, and I'm just like, wow, I'm really glad that there were other people around me who experienced the magic with me, um, because otherwise, I'd be like, did that really happen? But it did happen, and there are certain people who will not let me forget it, so, (laughs) yes, um, So I've been like basically like operating with this view that um, external reality is a mirror of internal uh, 
just the state of consciousness, I would say. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. That's accurate. State of consciousness. And so I've been very much not about like changing the external, but changing the internal and letting the external reflect that. Um, that's been like my MO since 2019. So what's that like two years now, almost, I think time. Yeah. So, so, okay. 2019, I broke up with this guy. A lot of things happened that were very exciting. Um, but to some people were scary and to some people were, uh, infatuation worthy, I would say. Um, but anyway, things, magical things happened. There's no denying that. Um, all there is denying that anyone can deny whatever, but anyway, things happened. Things went down. There's no denying that things went down. Um, and then I moved back home and to LA and I, I was living with my mom, but then I started dating this guy and I started living with him instead because I did not want to live with my mom. And, um, yeah, and then I was just like, okay, I'm done. I'm done with this. Like, I had a few months of just, like, not doing anything with my life and just, like, I didn't have a job. I It was really boring. I was bored. That's the thing. I became bored. And so then I was like, okay, let me get a job. And I got this job as a um, programming instructor um, at this camp thing in Santa Monica where they like taught kids how to code and robotics and all this stuff um, and I studied computer science um, some computer science in college and I had taught computer science in college to uh, children at the local children's museum uh, so like I had experience with that right and they were like hey um, you're a great fit whatever I got that job at the same time, my mom had gotten a job um, as a maid. She has worked cleaning houses. Um, she started, that was like what she did when she came to this country. Uh, when she was 20 and I was like two years old, she worked cleaning houses. My aunt works cleaning houses and cooking and doing everything. She's like a butler for that house and they do not pay her like one. But anyway, inequalities aside, oh gosh, there I go again. Okay, I will I will possibly share in another episode why I get upset at myself when I reinforce a negative reality. But anyway, I forgive myself. And so my mom had gotten this job as a maid, right? And then she was like, oh, I can't actually like a day like a day before she was due to go to the job. Okay, not a day. It was like a few days before she was due to start the job. Um, which was with my aunt, they would be working together at this house. She was like, oh, I can't do it. My back is bad. It's whatever. She was like, I have a bad back. I can't go do this. Um, I need you to go do it, Betsua. And I was like, uh, I just got this job as a programming instructor. And she was like, yeah, but you have to go do it because otherwise your aunt is going to look bad and we can't have your aunt looking bad. And so basically she like made this my problem. And I was the one who was either going to make my aunt look bad or not. And I took the bait. I took the bait. So it's 100% my fault because anyone could try to guilt trip me, but I don't have to let them, you know. And 
this is for another episode, but taking like radical responsibility of your reality is another thing that comes with the belief that I am self-referential consciousness and that reality around me is a mirror. Because if reality around me is a mirror, then what is this? It's not like, oh, my mom sucks. No, 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 no. This is, oh, I have some belief within myself that I... Uh, that other people can manipulate me or that um, I owe something to somebody else or that I'm responsible for whatever, you know, all of these, all of these beliefs. If I didn't believe any of that, then there's no way my mom would say to me or like put me in a position in which I had to like ditch a job that would look good on my resume um, for a cleaning job. You know, and it also says a lot about, um, you know, I could externalize it and I could be like, oh, it says a lot about what she thinks of me. But really, it says a lot about what I think of me. And that's taking radical responsibility and being like, if I was projecting subconsciously from myself a belief that I am worth this and more than that, you know, um, job wise, because let's be real, hierarchy is absolutely um created it is absolutely um artificial is the word i'm looking for hierarchies are 100% artificial but nevertheless they exist at least in my current reality they do and i was allowing myself to be lower in the hierarchy than where i would like to be again this sounds fucked up i understand because we're talking about hierarchies and we're talking about being a cleaning lady not being like a great thing to be but I think that there are people who genuinely would enjoy that and do enjoy that perhaps but from what I've encountered in the immigrant community nobody wants to be a cleaning lady people just do it because they have to um so I know there's like this one guy that I saw on like HGTV who loved cleaning houses because he was like OCD about it um like he had OCD And he loved cleaning houses because it was deeply satisfying to him so much so that he started an entire business for it. Um, And then he was like super rich and they were building him his house. And it was just like the place looked like a museum. It was like clean as, ooh, wow, like clean lines and so much white and just like he would have to have probably like three or four people in there every single day, keeping all the glass sparkly, you know, but um, there are people who enjoy it. And that means that I believe like if you deeply enjoy something, then it is, it's like even we can even look at like personal hierarchies, you know, like for me, cleaning is not as fulfilling as um, teaching computer science. So for me, that's like the hierarchy, like uh, let's scratch the external hierarchy of like what jobs make you, oh God, it's like when you go to a party and people are like, what do you do? And then they decide how much respect to give you, Uh, you know, like let's scratch that and just be like for yourself, like do you respect yourself more if you're doing something that does not fulfill you or do you respect yourself more if you make a living in a way that does fulfill you, you know? And so for me, I was obviously I held some sort of belief inside of me. And I think it's because um, I held this other belief that um, college and a college education made me worthy. 
Like I believed since I was, um, I was told since I was very young that uh, I needed to go to college, that um, people who went to college had better jobs and therefore deserved better living situations. I was always in pretty uncomfortable living situations, uh, unideal uh, living situations. That's not a word, is it? But the living situations I was in as a kid were not ideal. Um, and yeah, yeah, like across the board, I would say, except for like maybe a year or a few months. But anyway, um, yeah. And so like I was I was always told like it was ingrained in me this belief that um, going to college made you worthy of a comfortable life. And so I did, I had not finished college at that point in 2019. And so I believed that I wasn't worthy of a comfortable life. Like, you know, even if I was like, yeah, I can get this job, this good job that pays me well. And I get to interact with people who like tech and it's fun. And I get to, you know, talk to kids about tech and da 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 da, you know, still I had this belief inside of me that because I had not finished college, I was not worthy of a comfortable life. And therefore that opened the door for this experience to mirror that belief to me by my mom um, guilt tripping me into taking this maid job. And so I took the job. Why did I take the job? Because I did not believe I was worthy of a comfortable life. But Okay. So I took the job, right? And I went to work at um, this house in Beverly Hills that my aunt worked at. And I started at like 6 a.m. every day. So my aunt would uh, like wake up at five and she would um, come get me. Uh, she would drive me to the place, um, drop me off. And I she she started work at 10, but I had to start early because I had to like make the kids food and lunch and like clean uh, like the breakfast area. And it was like this big house. Right. And so with like five children or something, I think it was five. Was it five? I think it was five. Um, and so, you know, I had to like do that stuff, uh, vacuum, um, walk them to school sometimes, um, all this stuff. And so, and then once my aunt would get to work, then I would start literally scrubbing toilets. That's what I was doing. I had the opportunity to be teaching computer science to children in Santa Monica. But where was I? Scrubbing toilets in Beverly Hills. Why? Because of this belief I had that I could not, that I did not deserve a comfortable life. Ah, beliefs. And so, you know, it's really good because it was a mirror to myself. I was like, it was a mirror of my beliefs. Okay, so this is what I believe that I deserve and this. And so I was like, you know, doing it every day and, you know, this work every day. And then I started getting like back pain, which is really uncommon for me. Like I've, yeah, it's very uncommon for me to have physical pain at all, really. And so I had um, this like really bad back pain and um, like the work wasn't like so taxing, you know, it really wasn't. Um, but then I was like, I was feeling like really sorry for myself. Like I was feeling bad about who I was as a human being that I was here scrubbing toilets because I felt like it just wasn't what I was supposed to do. I was like, I have this big brain. 
that I'm just letting go to waste in this lifetime. That does not seem right. In 2017, when I'd been going through stuff and I dropped out of college in 2017, I was like, am I just stupid? Like, and so I went and I went to take an IQ test. And then it turned out that I have a top 2% IQ. So I'm not stupid, like the opposite, actually. And so I knew that from 2017. And then in 2019, when I was cleaning toilets, I was like, I'm like actually smart. Like I could probably do stuff with my head that does not lead me to have to scrub toilets every single day. And so, and yes, it was every single day. It had to be very clean. And, and also like at the same time, it was really, you know, I do believe that like every situation is for us and not to like, it's not something that happens to us, but happens for us. I think I talked about this in another episode, but like this was happening for me. And like, what was really good about it was that one, I was seeing that my belief of, um, low worth, low self-worth, my low self-worth belief, my belief that I did not deserve a comfortable life was really getting in my way and I was not going to have it anymore. So I was resolute, um, to change that. There was another, um, it was expansive for me as well because I was seeing what a comfortable life looked like. You know, like I grew up in an immigrant community. There was always, there were always bills to pay that could not be paid. There was always, you know, you had to like go shopping and clip my, oh my God, my parents clipped so many coupons. Like they had coupon books and it was just like, you know, like this um, lack um, mindset absolutely pervaded my reality as a child. And so here I was in a completely different situation. Like these people would just go to the grocery store and buy a ton of shit that they wouldn't even eat a lot of the time. I had to throw it out all the time, clean out the drawers and like all of the garbage that they generated. And there was just like no lack, like no lack. Um, which I don't want to be judgmental about because it was really expansive to me. And because I believe that this reality is so malleable that I, I don't think that there has to be a negative effect to a certain cause. And I do believe in like infinite expansion of the universe. So I understand how it's very triggering to some people that they threw away so much, like especially to my mom. My mom would be like, oh, my God, they threw that away. But like, yeah, um, like it was actually really, really interesting to me to see that completely like different side of the coin, right, of the material coin. Um, and they were they just had so much and it was so casual to them. And it also like didn't mean that they were like these perfect people. They had all of these issues. And that was also very helpful to me because I was like, okay, so when you're rich, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect. It means you're still a human being who's still figuring things out and still goes through stuff. You just happen to have a lot of money and you don't worry about certain things. You worry about other things, but you don't worry about these, uh, these certain things that I was used to everybody around me worrying about. And so that was really helpful and expansive to me to understand that like I could that like being rich did not um, preclude me from being a evolving human, which I enjoy being. Um, and so that was really expansive. And I was like, okay, I'm ready to have money. I want money now. This is enough. I want money. Money is fun. I did not realize that it was this fun. I want it. And so 
I like started listening to all of these podcasts about business and I started watching these YouTube videos while I was at work, like, you know, folding the clothes out of the laundry. I'd be like watching a video. Um, One of the channels that I really like, which people love to hate, and that's totally fine, is called, um, oh my God, (laughs) cancel me if you must. It's not like I was ever uncanceled. Um, It's called The Tech Lead. Um, And people are unsure whether it is satire or he's just an asshole, but I've never really had an issue with, like, people who are just, like, blatantly assholes. I'm just like, (laughs) it's kind of funny to me. I don't know. I don't have an issue with that. I, what I don't like is, like, the, the creepy crawly in between stuff where it's like I'm nice to you but I actually hate you you know that sort of thing I don't like it but when someone's just like I don't like you I hate you I'm just like this is funny um so anyway this guy is is so fun for me to watch and what's really expansive what was really like expansive to me in watching his videos was that I mean I wasn't triggered by them I was literally just having a good time watching them and so this guy like started making apps when he was um like he graduated college I think and then started making all of these apps and he like made some money from them and he had all this like passive income coming in and then he went to work for Sony he was a software engineer um and it was um It was really expansive because a lot of he became like financially independent pretty early and like by 30, I think. And so he wrote, I mean, so all of the titles of his videos were um, how I blah, blah, blah as a millionaire. You know, Um, I think at the time he was going through a divorce. And so he was like, I divorced my wife as a millionaire. I moved back in with my parents as a millionaire. I um, code really fast as a millionaire. And (laughs) It's like really, it was really funny to me, um, but it was also expansive because like into my brain, like, you know, everything we consume is we're feeding ourselves, not just physical food, but also mental, everything goes into the subconscious, da, 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 da. infinite feedback loop that sort of spins around whatever you, wherever you place it. And so in my mind was all of this stuff about, oh, well, Software engineering, well, software engineering, these things became inextricably linked in my mind. I decided I do enjoy coding. And so um, I started learning to code when I was in high school. I I read this book, (laughs) pretty popular, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And she's this hacker and she's super cool and she's super smart and she's super antisocial. And I was like, yeah, my girl. I was like, I want to be like her. And so I, um, after school, I would like go to cafes and at Starbucks, I would go to Starbucks. I didn't go to independent cafes because I wasn't cool enough. I just wasn't. But I would go to Starbucks and I would um, take these courses online and I learned, you know, HTML and CSS, which I actually need to review CSS. Um, But anyway, like I, you know, I learned coding stuff and I felt super cool like working in an editor and like coding things. And that's why when I went to college, I applied for computer science um, because that's what I wanted to do. I was like, this looks so cool. And then I got super intimidated. But again, that's that's another belief that I had that I had to know everything 
um, and be like excellent in order to be worth anything really. Um, and so that, that was a belief that I had, um, which absolutely helped me back, held me back at that time. But so the point is that I have had an interest in um, computer science and in coding for a long time. And when I was working as a maid and I was watching all these videos about people who coded and looking at day in the life of a software engineer videos and um, how I became a software engineer without a college degree and self-taught software engineering journeys and all of this stuff, I was like, okay, I can do that. I'm smart. I took a test back in 2017. Like still I had this thing where I was like, am I actually smart? And I would remind myself, wait, no, I took that test in 2017 that I'm not stupid. And so again, this idea that I needed to be perfect um, was still prevalent. And so I went to uh, the library after, after work, I would get off work at three and I would go to the library or I would go to the Century City Mall and I would learn JavaScript. I had taken computer engineering classes when I was in college before I had dropped out. And so I decided to download those books again and I started just like going through them and doing the exercises. And so I was um, learning again assembly language, which I do not enjoy. <laughs> I was like going through, um, you know, like transistors and logic circuits and like all of this stuff. And it was really exciting to me because I felt like I was moving in my life. Like I was going somewhere. I had a destination and I was on the way. And so I didn't feel like, oh, I'm just a maid and I will always be a maid like my mother and my aunt. Like, I'm not just going to repeat this cycle that hasn't been fulfilling for them. You know, I was like, I want to do something that is fulfilling to me. I want to do something that is fun and I want to make money, like good money. And so I was like, yeah, I'm learning about transistors. And so I was studying, um, going through these um, engineering books while after work. And I remember this one time at work, I was like listening to the Stanford computer science lectures. There's like an introductory uh, computer science class on YouTube um, from Stanford. And I know that Harvard has one on some other site, but anyway, this is the one that I was doing from Stanford and they were talking about Java. And so I remember I was like going up the stairs at this house that I worked at and the lady of the house was coming down the stairs and she was like, oh, what are you listening to? Music? Like what kind? And I was like, oh no, I'm listening to a computer science lecture from Stanford. And she was like, uh astute and she was like taken aback um because you know like people are like a maid's a maid but I was like I'm not a maid actually I'm I'm, I'm doing this right now because I let my mother guilt trip me into it but like that's not who I am like that's not the identity that I saw myself as and it was the identity that my mother saw me as, you know, like nobody around me was like, oh, yeah, she's going to make good money. She's going to live a life that's comfortable. Like nobody expected that from me. Nobody saw that from me. I was literally the only person who believed that. But I also was the only person that I needed to believe that. And the same thing is for you, because guess what? You are your own self-referential 
loop of consciousness and whatever you believe, whatever visions you have of yourself, of reality, whatever beliefs you hold, all of that is projecting all of the funhouse funhouse mirrors around you that you see as your sister and your brother and your boss and the buildings around you, like all of it. You know how that other person I mentioned talks about holographic reality? All of it is basically being rendered from your subconscious programming. So anyway, you just need one person to believe in you and it's you. And so I believed that I could be a software engineer. I believed that I had what it took. And so I started doing all of these courses. And then I was like, I just, I was not confident and I, this does not have to apply to you, okay? Like, wherever I lack confidence does not have to be where you lack confidence. Please do not let it. Like Shakespeare says, do not allow to the, to the marriage of true minds admit impediments. Oh, my God. Do not allow the marriage of true minds admit impediments. Yes. Sonnet 186, I think. But anyway, <laughs> butchering Shakespeare to make a point. Um you don't have to agree with me. I, I hope you do not take my limiting beliefs or limiting beliefs that I once had as your own. But I had this limiting belief at the time that I just could not become a software engineer without a computer science degree. And then I, I am a software engineer. I don't have a computer science degree. Okay, so happy ending. But at the time, I was just like, I, uh, I need a college degree. Like, I can't imagine myself, like, applying to jobs and being like, I haven't worked because I was not about to list that I worked as a maid on a job for a software engineering role. So I was like, I'm just going to have to be like, I didn't work for a long time, and now I want to be a software engineer. Like, no. I was like, I can't do it. I don't see it working. If you see it working, it'll fucking happen, okay? Nobody saw me becoming a software engineer working, okay? So... Again, do not allow, do not allow the merit to the marriage of true minds. What even is it? I had not memorized once, but how time, how time does. Um, so I decided that I needed to go back to college and finish my degree. I was like, I have to do it. A large part of that was, yeah, I wasn't 100% sure about being able to land a software engineering role without a college degree and without like job experience at all like any job experience that I could list in the last few years, honestly. Um, and also because I felt like I went to Wisconsin to get a degree and I left without a degree. I was like, fuck that. No, I'm not done with Wisconsin. No. And so I decided to go back. Um, when I was in high school, I had earned a full tuition college scholarship two um they let me choose nine colleges you know among them were like ucla uc berkeley and i was like no way am i staying in california at the time i was like i need to get away from my mother and so i was like how far away can i get and wisconsin was the place and so i was like okay the other one was um northwestern but i didn't like northwestern because their color was purple and i was like i cannot log into my student portal every day and look at purple no um, so I chose the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and so I went um, to the scholarship office, and I was like, hey, I was super vulnerable, and I was like, I need to go back. I need y'all to help me. Um, can I get funding? I just need to finish one last year to graduate. Help me out, and they were like, you know, it took some time. It was back and forth. I cried, but 
but we did some calls um, with people who were in Wisconsin, the office over there, and I got my scholarship. So I got funding for my last year to finish out my degree. And I went back to Wisconsin, found a place. I lived with some horrible women, um, racist, two racist white women. So terrible, so terrible. But again, why? Because I was attracting to myself that reality. Because I believed certain things, like I believed that Wisconsin was the most racist place on earth. So I experienced it as such. My mom, when she went, did not believe Wisconsin was racist whatsoever. She didn't experience it that way. You know, and I'm not going to go into, oh, if you just believe that people are nice to you, they will be nice to you. Like, that's not what this is about, okay? This is not about, like, sugarcoating your thoughts in order to attract nicer things. That's not how it works. This is about, like, deep-seated beliefs. So just like my whole life I was told that if I didn't go to college, I wasn't going to be comfortable in life, like, if your whole life you were told that because you have a certain complexion or, or a certain race, if you think races are real, um, oh God, even that is just like, are they? Well, you know what? Ponder it yourself, please. I, I, I am not an expert on anything. I hardly know what's going on in my own life, okay? I am not about to espouse any sort of universal truths. This is my belief system and how I operate, but... Anyway, like if you're told that because of a certain identity marker, you're going to experience life a certain way, guess what? You're going to experience life that way, okay? If you don't like that, then take it up with the supervisor. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm getting confrontational with myself. Sorry, guys. Um, so anyway, I went back to Wisconsin I was like, I'm going to get my computer science degree, and then I talked to my advisor, and they were like, actually, you just have to take, like, three more philosophy classes, and then you can get your philosophy degree and be done, and I was like, oh, well then, and so I did that. Um, throughout college, I always took philosophy classes to help me stay sane as I had to take other classes, so I had to take, like, all these math classes, and so I was like, hey, I'm just going to take a philosophy class to help me get through the semester while I have to do all this other stuff. And like philosophy classes were like my relief. Um, they were like my lifeline. And I kept taking them so much, I guess, that I ended up with a degree in it. Like it was totally unintentional, but that's what my degree ended up being in. And so, God, I loved philosophy so much. And so, um, I ended up switching from my computer science major uh, to a minor because um, I was like, do I want to stay another semester and like finish the computer science degree itself or do I not? Like I was like, what, what do I want? You know, and at that time I had like talked to reality, talked to God, if you want to put it that way, which like they're 100% the same thing. I was like, do I want to, oh, I was like, hey, like, I don't want you to pull the rug out from under me. I don't want you to be like, oh, you're not supposed to do computer science. So I'm just going to, you know, remove funding. And I was like, if you do that, I think I talked about this in another episode about choosing ease. I was like, if you do that, I'm just going to 
I'm just going to get the fucking computer science degree. I'm going to get go into debt. I'm going to get a fucking loan and I'm going to do it. You know, so I was like, don't, don't do it that way. I was like, don't like tell me I can't have something. Like, just give me something else that I like so much that it like distracts me from the thing that I'm not, that is not in my highest good. Um, and so that's when I got into singing. Um, and I was like, oh, I love singing so much. I don't want to study anymore. Uh, I don't want to do another semester. I just want to sing. Um, and so I finished my machine organization class and my artificial intelligence class. Um, like I finished what I was doing, but I was like, I don't want to dedicate all of this energy to that anymore because I just want to like chill out really. Like I feel like chilling out. And so I'm singing, like I loved singing so much. I just wanted to sing for hours and hours and hours. And if I was singing for hours and hours and hours, then I wasn't studying for hours and hours and hours. So priorities shifted um, as I had asked for them to be shifted if that was the best thing for me. And so that's what happened. I ended up with a computer science minor, um, except my university doesn't do minors. So it's actually called a certificate. So I got my um, philosophy degree and then my computer science certificate. Um, and I felt like I was worthy of a job. Like at that point I was like, yeah, I'm a college graduate. Yeah. Like I'm smart. And I played the rules that I believed I had to play. Again, if you do not believe you have to play these rules, you're correct. Cause you don't have to, but if you believe you have to, then you have to. So it's all about you. You can either be like, I'm going to change my belief that I don't have to play these rules. And I mean, change them on a very subconscious, internal, past your thinking brain level. And if you change that, then you don't have to play by those rules. But if you believe that you do, then again, you do. And so I, I still believed that I had to get a college degree. I didn't believe that I had to be a computer science major because I had read enough and consumed enough content online from people that were like, I became a computer science or I became a software engineer without a um, computer science degree. And most of these people had gone to college. They had studied like something else either something completely unrelated or something tangential. But nevertheless, like 90% of these people had gone to college and had some sort of job experience. And so I believed I needed those two things. Um, could I have looked for people who didn't have any, were completely self-taught um, and didn't go to college at all? Absolutely. Have I found people since then who have become software engineers without having gone to college whatsoever and having learned it, having learned um, the technologies completely themselves? Yes. Is it possible for you? Absolutely. But again, at that time, I had made these rules for myself that I had to go to college and that I had to have a um, job experience in order to get a software engineering role. And so that's what happened. Um, I did those two things. And then I graduated and I was like, okay, I am going to just, um, I'm just going to trust. And so like, this was like a version of the human design experiment, but without the system of human design. So for me, it was just like, when I'm not using that system, I'm just relying on my communication with God. I'm just relying on how I can interact with reality around me. Um, just pure energetics, no framework. Um, so it's kind of like, oh my God, I was going to say a horrible word. That's not what it's like. It's like uh, winging it. That's a better word. Yes. It's like winging it. And so 
that's what it was like um, at that time. And I was just like, I know um, that creative visualization works. Um, I know that um, intention works. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to trust that I'm going to become a software engineer. Like I'm not going to apply to any jobs because I'm not going to do anything that doesn't feel right. Like the reason why I did not finish my degree is because it did not feel right. It did not feel exciting. It did not feel fun for me. It felt draining. And what felt exciting to me at the time was singing a lot. Right. And so I was like, okay, I graduated. I did the steps that I believed that I had to do in order to get the job in order. Yeah. That's what I believed I had to do. And then I was like, the rest of the way, I'm taking my hands off the wheel and I'm just going to trust that I'm going to get there. Like, I just had this deep trust that, like, I wanted to be a software engineer. I was going to be a software engineer. I did the things that I needed to become a software engineer. And the other things, like, people were like, oh, do all of these mock interviews and job applications. And again, you make the rules. If you believe, and again, this is not think not if you think that you have to do it. it's believe in your bones and your subconscious that this is how people get jobs by doing mock interviews and blah, 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 blah. well then that's what you're gonna have to do okay don't be like oh well Bitsua said that if I didn't think that I had to do it then I would happen without doing it no 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 I did not say that okay don't get me wrong that is not what I'm saying I'm saying you have to work with the beliefs that you have and not the thoughts you can change your thoughts all day long but unless you're able to tie that directly to changing a belief, uh, uh, don't, don't, don't do this. And so I do not recommend it. And so, okay, so I was like in deep trust at that point. Like I, I knew people, I'd experienced things, like I had all of this um, stuff in my subconscious that backed up very deeply in my body this belief that what I need, what is mine, absolutely comes to me. It has come to me every time. I've watched reality literally shift before my eyes. People call it matrix glitches sometimes, but I have like literally watched the weather change and, and all of this stuff that I'm not going to get into. But like I've watched stuff happen. Um, so I know how I interact with reality. I know my sort of, it's like a language like my specific language of how I interact with reality. And so I was like, okay, God, I, I'm ready. Like, I'm just going to be here and I'm going to be open and I'm going to relax. I don't want this next opportunity to come with stress. So I'm not going to stress out as I look for it. I'm not even going to look for it. I was like, I'm going to let it find me. I'm just going to trust. I was like in deep, deep trust. And so uh, every morning I was like, doing my creative visualization, like I would wake up and I would like picture myself as a software engineer, working at my computer, doing software engineering things, being super chill, enjoying it, not being stressed out, um, you know, just like having the experience that I wanted to have. And so I would do that every morning. And then the rest of the day, I would just chill out and like not stress and like not attach any sort of, um, smallness or contractive energy to that we can call it manifestation I don't want to call it that to that reality that I decided that I was going to step into and so lo and behold I was also living off my savings at the time and I was just like yeah I am not going to stress out 
Like, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, my savings are going to run out. And then I'm not, I was like, no, things are going to happen in the right time. I have this cushion for myself because I decided that I was going to have this time to just trust and allow it to come. And I'm not going to stress out. And so I didn't. Um, And one day in my inbox, it popped up and it was like, yeah, um, here's an opportunity for people, um, women of color from non-technical backgrounds. Um, so like people who had not studied computer science, even though we had a couple of people, I think that studied computer science in the cohort, but they were like, it's going to be this cohort of women of color and we're going to pay you to learn how to do software engineering. We're going to give you this course and pay you a living wage while you take it. And then we're going to place you in an apprenticeship program at a company in Silicon Valley. And you're going to basically learn the ropes of being a software engineer during that apprenticeship period. And then um, you will receive, if all goes well, um, a full-time offer to work at that company. And I was like, yes, like my entire body lit up. And I was like so excited. I remember I was like, I think I cried because like, when I got that email, because I was like, this is the thing that I am meant to be doing. Like it just felt right. Um, and I had been subscribed to a job board. I think it's called Diversify Tech Co., which is really good. Um, I really enjoy that job board. Again, it's just expansive to me to like know that there are companies that are looking for people who are like me. Um, and they want people like me. And that in and of itself is a reason enough for me to receive that newsletter because I'm feeding that into my subconscious so that it's just like normal to me that, yeah, companies want people like me. Like, yeah, this is how things work. Yeah. Like, again, I'm very intentional about what I feed my brain because that becomes what I believe on a subconscious level and that becomes what I experience. And so I'm very intentional about it. And I'm like, yeah, this newsletter is good for me. And but like I would go through that newsletter, I would open it sometimes if I felt like it. But none of the roles ever were like, yeah, you know, some of them were like smart to take. Like it was like, oh, this is good pay. This is a good place. But was I feeling like so excited by it? No. So I didn't do it. Um, Yeah. And I want to mention right now that according to human design, like that's how I'm supposed to make decisions, like being very excited by something, whereas other people, for example, are supposed to like sleep on something and then decide the next day after the emotion has passed. Whereas for me, I'm supposed to make decisions in the moment when I feel that emotion um, or that gut reaction, I should say. So again, um, If you're like, yeah, I'm also like that, then cool. And if you're like, oh, I'm not sure, I don't know, maybe look into your human design if you feel like it, if it feels right to you, I really am not going to tell you what to do. But this is how I experienced and experienced things. And so I was super lit up and I applied um, and I got in and now here I am um, doing it, the whole thing. But again, like me getting a software engineering role when I was in that spot of like nothing coming, um, like I wasn't getting any offers, you know, like there was a job board, but it was like, you can offer yourself to us. You know, it wasn't like, here, I offer you this job, take it or leave it. You know, it wasn't like that. 
And so like, I wasn't getting like people knocking on my door and being like, Hey, we want you. Um, so it was like, you could say nothing was happening. And when nothing is happening, it's very easy to be like, okay, well then I need to take action. Um, and sometimes that's the right thing, you know, but for me, the right thing at that time was to not take action. It was to, you could talk, you could say it was taking action that I was, um, believing that takes, you know, you could also not believe. So there's an action. Um, I was also visualizing creatively for like 15 minutes every morning, what, uh, it would feel like for me to be a software engineer, the way that I wanted to be a software engineer. So that's an action, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, I was just like trusting, like that's really my MO is to trust. Um, and that worked for me because of the beliefs that I have from having read the Bible when I was a child and from having experienced so many things and also from clear cognizance of just like knowing certain things. Um, I'm just like, yeah, like I, like I knew that what I was supposed to do was wait. I wasn't do, like following a system at that time. I wasn't following. There's also this other thing that I like called um, to be magnetic and it's all about reprogramming your subconscious mind. And that's fun as well but again to me they're fun like um neural reprogramming through that to be magnetic program and um decision making through the human design experiment they're fun to me but they're not necessary and they're not like the basis of my life like the basis of my life to me is my specific way of communicating with the universe and recognizing that i'm communicating with myself ultimately um because it is a feedback loop, like Dr. Hofstadter said in his book. It is a, um, I am a strange loop, you know, unto myself. And so I just knew that I needed to trust at that time. And right now I know that what is like most helpful for me is to um, respond. And so, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I hesitate to give tips. Um, but I just want to say what really helped me when I decided to become a software engineer, um, skills you can learn, okay? You can learn the skills. If you want to become whatever, you learned how to walk, okay? You learned how to communicate with human beings. You can learn skills. That's not going to be the hard part. I think that the hard part, and this doesn't have to be hard, but I think that a lot of times I see people who have the skills, who graduated college, and they can't find a job. You know, people who like did the right things in the right order, but they can't get there. Um, and this can apply to anything. Like you want to be an actress, you know, like you're going to the gigs and no one's calling you back. So I think that really like one of the things that has been really helpful for me is what the To Be Magnetic program calls expanders, which is to me, it's just like feeding your subconscious the right stuff right now so that in some time, you will be able to live that reality. So for example, um, like when I was a kid, I was surrounded by so much lack, right? And so it would be very natural to continue that progression because in my subconscious, I'm like, this is what happens for people like me. But I interrupted that because I was a voracious reader. And so I was constantly reading all of these other realities and all of these other experiences. And so I was like, oh, 
this reality that I am experiencing right now that my parents are in is not my reality. It is their reality that I am in right now, but there are all of these other realities as well, and all of them are possible. And so I was feeding my subconscious other ways of being. Um, And so what was really helpful for me when I was working as a maid, um, like it would have been really easy for me to just be like, I'm a maid, my mom's a maid, my grandma's a maid, uh, my, my aunt's a maid, we all clean houses and this is what I do and this is who I am and I'm an immigrant in the United States and, you know, I come from whatever and so this is who I, like, I, it would have been so easy for me, it actually would not have been easy for me because that's not my personality, but it would have, like, been, um, it would have had, had a lot of momentum that reality and that subconscious, um, those subconscious beliefs that that was my identity had a lot of momentum and it had a lot of help from the, my external reality that, that to believe that that is true and that that was true. Right. So, um, what I did, because again, I just do this. Um, I interrupted that programming by, by introducing other programs. So I was constantly watching, all of these um, software engineering vlogs on uh, YouTube and all of these, and specifically, like, I would search for women. Like, I didn't want to look at these bros software engineering. I was like, good for you. That does not apply to me. I want to watch someone that I can relate to, someone that I can see as myself. And so women of color loved watching those vlogs. Uh, People of color in general was helpful to me, but specifically like women and women of color being like, I'm a software engineer. This is what it's like for me being a software engineer. This is a day in the life of me being a software engineer. Um, And like successful software engineers, you know, like because they're, you know, you can be a software engineer earning 50K um, or you could be a software engineer, engineer earning 150K, you know. So I was like looking for people who are very successful. I was looking for people who um were happy who had a good work life balance um who reminded me of me um yeah that was very important for me i was also um just listening to software engineering podcasts a lot of the time i did not know a single word that they were talking about they were like graphql apollo and i was like what the what the fuck what are you saying but um I just listened to it. Like I just had it in my ears in the background as I was cleaning that house because I was like, these are terms that I will be using when I'm a software engineering and I just want them in my brain. I just want those terms in there because I will be using, I don't know what they mean. I know nothing about it, but it's just useful for me to hear people talking about that sort of thing because my future reality includes me talking about that sort of thing. And so Again, like really feeding my subconscious, all of this stuff was so important to me. Yes, I like studied, um, but I studied because not because I was like, oh, I need to have this information. Otherwise, I'm going to fail. Like, no, I was like studying because I was like, this makes me feel like I am moving toward that place where I want to move. Like, this is me directing my energy toward that reality that I want. Okay. And, like, I get it. It's very woo-woo, very metaphysics, but, like, this is how I live my life, okay? And now I'm a software engineer. I have a six-figure salary, great benefits in California, Silicon Valley, great work-life balance, great team. It's fantastic. 
uh, people talked about how there was like all these bros and whatever horrible people in tech. I have not experienced that whatsoever. That is not a part of my reality. Every morning when I did my 15 minute meditation, I was experiencing myself having a great time as a software engineer. And guess what? That's what's going down. Okay. So we can talk about how that shouldn't be the case if you want, but actually I'm not going to talk about that because I know that it is. <laughs> and this, again, it's like, it's reality. It's a mirror. Um, it is, it is absolutely a mirror. And I like, it's a, I recently read this really cool thing. I think it was Neville Goddard, I think might've been the name of the guy. Um, but he was like, he had this thing about how, was it him? Actually, I don't think it was him. I think it was someone else. Um, but it was about how it's not like we exist inside. I do not exist inside of this reality. This reality exists inside of me. And that was such a powerful shift for me. That would happen like a few weeks ago. And I was like, whoa, that's so true. Like all of this that I'm seeing exists inside of me. I contained this. If I did not perceive it, it would not appear in this way. And, you know, and we could talk about how um, the paradox of like within and without, like, first of all, space is really only experienced in this dimension, the way that it is, like it's a third dimensional thing, you know, like in the fourth dimension, things can go through things like no problem. In the second dimension, you can't even see walls because, you don't have the the height of the wall, you know, you just have like limits. Um, but here we have like these boxes and these cubes and like all of this stuff. So here we can think and experience of within without, but is within without in and of itself, like applicable to consciousness, which is what we are self-referential consciousness. No, 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 it's not. It is just a construct of this specific reality. And so it's just very, very helpful for me to remember that I can experience myself as existing within this reality, but actually this reality exists within me. Um, and that's just, that's just really powerful because again, like the rules that I make up govern how things have to go down. Like if I believe I have to do something to get something, then I have to do something to get something. If I believe that I am intrinsically worthy of something, then hallelujah, there it is. You know, and so it's really interesting how manifestation coaches apply this to like finding love. Like if you believe you're worthy of it, then you can have it. If you believe that, 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 that you know, it's just really interesting because it's, it's all I think it's all true. Um, I think that if whatever we allow to be true can be true as well. Um, and I do think that sometimes because, again, all of this exists within us. Um, there's a part of us that creates a, an experience that conscious um, us is like, what is going on? I don't understand. My reality is crumbling. And then outside us is like, you're changing because it's actually time for you to experience something wider. Um, yeah. So this is a very long episode, almost an hour and a half. Holy shit. I've been talking forever. I should probably have some water. And yeah, I've been like twiddling. <laughs> I don't like that word. I've been playing around with the idea of um, being a dreamer in a dream um, and living a lucid dream. Um, but I might talk about that in another episode because I'm going to go get some water now. Um, but I hope that this was entertaining. Um, 
yeah, that's what I hope that it was, entertaining. Um, and I hope that this was a good thing to feed your subconscious. Reminders that, yeah, you are doing this. You are you are responsible for this, okay? Sorry, a lot of people don't like responsibility, but like revel in it. Because if you're responsible for your reality, that means you can make it as dope as you want. All right? Okay, good luck. Make things dope. Bye.